Sentire Media Some people say a man is made out of mud A poor man's made from muscle and blood Muscle and blood and skin and bones A mind that's weak and a back that's strong Showed 16 tons And what do you get? Another day older and a deeper in debt St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go I owe my soul to the company store I was born one morning when the sun didn't shine I picked up a shovel and walked to the mine I showed 16 tons, a number nine coal And the storm hall said, well, bless my soul, you load six All right, all right, that's enough Good morning and welcome Thank you so much for joining our podcast My name is Jason, I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Ashley And together we run, own, and operate La Tabula Marque and Agriturismo in cooking school Here in the heart of central Italy Welcome to the podcast from Italy Ciao tutti! You might have thought it was a sing-along this morning. Oh, I've had that song. And we're doing a, uh, we're working on the next installment of the vlog, which we'll get to later. But uh, that will, that song will be in there, and it's been stuck. I love that. Oh my god! Song. He woke up this morning at six a.m. singing it at the top of his lungs, and it was just like, wow! I am so glad you woke up in a good mood. But let's tone this down a little. <laughs> so that's Tennessee Ernie Ford, sixteen tons, and we will play that at the end of the podcast because it's a good song. It's good. I like mm-hmm. it. it makes me think of work and that's yep. what we're into so we'll get into that in a little bit later today is the 23rd of february a thursday it is eight o'clock in the morning we have been up for two and a half hours ready to go a beautiful thursday here in italy we have winds out of the warm winds out of the south uh, partly cloudy skies a high of 14 degrees today a beautiful beautiful late february day perfect for working outside cutting down Cut pruning trees and shrubs and cleaning up and getting ready for the season. This is also one of those classic, you know, midwinter days where you open everything up. And the Italians call it changing the air. And maybe everyone calls it that, but I had not ever been accustomed to that until we moved here. Well, what is change? What do you mean changing so the air? So it could be dead of winter like this, mid, late February, and it seems kind of cold at times, or you think this is crazy, but when the air is coming in warm from the south then it's great to open up your windows open up the shutters because the italians in the winter will lock themselves in and you'll drive through a little old town and you'll think is everything closed every freaking shutter is closed no they love to this is part of the whole italian thing they love to regulate the air the light the whole freaking thing so what does changing the air do though so well it must be good for your health and probably scare off some sort of But what is like. <laughs> well, what changing the air really does is you're getting the uh, most of the homes out here are made of stone, and stone does a great job of holding the moisture. So the theory be- behind changing the air, opening up all the doors and the windows, even on a cold, wintry day, is you get uh, the wet, cold, the wet air out, even if it's warm, wet air because mm-hmm. you're heating your house, and bring in drier air. Yep. And the the humidity is what makes you feel colder because it's. It, the um, the stone does a great job of holding heat, but it also holds humidity. Mm-hmm. So if we can bring in cold, dry air, we can heat that up quickly versus cold, wet air that's 
harder, just makes you feel colder. Like I said, you could, it's probably plague related. So, <laughs> so that's what's going on. Every door and window in the house is open today. It definitely is cold in the house, but it's a dry cold. So, and it feels go. good. And it's since it's sunny out, it's like, oh, yes. And Jason has gotten such a head start on all the projects this year. It's kind of weird because this is exactly when we'd start freaking out and say, oh my God, we got to get the um, shrubs done or we need to burn the fe- the side of the hill. Done and done. So it's time for other projects. Um, but let's get, let's, let's, uh, um, oh, sorry. We're, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. You're We're jumping ahead. Gears. So let's start off with what's going around, going on around here. Uh, this, we are one month away from the start of our season. We have the consulting course coming up the first of through the fifth of April, which is sold out now. Sold out. Awesome. Um, we, uh, now all we have to do is execute it. Yes. Um, the newsletter is coming out to, uh, today. So if you're listening to it on Thursday, you'll get it this afternoon. So keep an eye out in your inbox for a special delivery from La Tavola Marque. And in case you are not on our mailing list, be sure to visit latavolamarque.com and sign up or shoot me an email and we'll make sure you get a copy of it. Um, other uh, programs coming up, uh, first through the 5th is obviously the consulting. We just talked about it. April 24th through 29th, Wild Edibles and Bottling Wine. It's a perennial classic. Every spring, it's a great way to start the season. We go into the fields and collect wild radicchio and wild, I don't know, help me out. Um, the All Arab- the names are in Italian um, that I can yeah, think of. Yeah, um, without going into a bunch of names you'll never remember, it's uh, we that, the end of April is usually when the... Um, um, oh shoot! What's like it called? Like wild lettuces. The, yeah, but the wild lettuces are coming up in the fields, and the radicchios are coming mm-hmm. in, and the um, ortiga, ortiga. Um, nettle. Nettle. Thank you. Hello. Uh, the <laughs> nettle. So it's a great time of year to walk the valley, and you can just pick up a myriad of different. It's the height of uh, foraging season. Foraging for uh, not the mushrooms, but the the lettuces mm-hmm. and, the, and those kind of things. And, and it's, really it's cool. crazy because we are so deep out here. We're talking about sometimes you can find like a head of wild lettuce. Like it's not just like, oh, a dandelion uh, leaf and, you know, like these dandelion greens where you're picking one or two at a time. It's it's a little mini head of <laughs> red radicchio or something. It's like, oh, my gosh. So that one's really fun. And then that's also when we wrangle in the guests to help us bottle hundreds of liters of red, white, white and rosato. And it's a blast. We sit around the front yard, bottling wine, drinking it, <laughs> label, corking, the whole thing. So uh, the beginning of April is usually Vin Italy, and Vin Italy is the giant expo for wine, and all the winemakers will take their their, their Sfuso or their loose wine from last year up to Vin Italy to um, use as samples. When they get back from Vin Italy, now's, now they will start taking the 2015, no, 2016 Sfuso, last year's Sfuso or loose wine. That will be ready to drink uh, in the spring. So that's what we'll pick up. It's really cool. We go to the winery and get Demijohns, 54-liter Demijohns, these big glass Demijohns. Jugs. Jugs. Uh, It's with a particular shape. You can look them up online. And uh, we fill them up, and then we come back, and we bottle them all, and... 
you have red stained hands and mm-hmm. we drink a lot of wine and hang out and it's a, it's a lot of fun and you'll take a few bottles of wine home with you. It is. It's a blast. And then heading straight into May, we have another classic, Made in La Marque, which is when we celebrate all things DOC and DOP that are made here in this lovely region. So we do a wine t- tour and tasting with Marco. We take you guys on our Feel Like a Local Friday for a craft beer and grappa tasting and tour. It's all about the meats and how they cure it, the local pecorino and how it's aged, and a handful of cooking classes to really get you delve right into these local traditional recipes right here from the region. And then um, all through June and August, we have our three-night summer special starting on Thursday through Sunday, pizza night on Thursday, market tour and lunch on Friday, um, cooking class on Saturday, and then you're out of here on Sunday to continue your holiday. Yeah. So that's a good... uh, And then we have our pickle preserve and confit at the end of August, the beginning of September. So I'm really excited about that too. So time to start making your plans as... um, Winter is holding on uh, just a little bit more. Uh, Start thinking about the sun and vacation and make your plans and start doing it because we're starting to book up. I know. In the newsletter, I'm including the summer in 60 seconds to give everyone a little snippet and uh, sneak peek of summer and just going, oh, God, there might be snow on the ground, but... It's okay to dream of sunflowers right now. So that's that. All right. That is the business going on here at La Tavola Marque for 2017. And we look forward to seeing you. The vlog number. Oh, wait. I forgot to say. Part of what y'all should book up soon is BTW. We never give ourselves a little pat on the back. But we were listed. We were just in the London Sunday Times as one of the top 100 vacations for 2017. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. All I right. know. <laughs> um, the vlog, vlog number three. Um, we're really having a great time doing the video blog. Uh, I think they're they're getting better every week. Last week's I loved. Uh, this week is our introduction on the vlog to the Godster, to Gaji. And you regular listeners of the podcast know exactly who he is. But he's, uh, we must devote a, a whole episode of the vlog to him because he's such an intricate part of our lives. He's such an important part. Int- uh, he's here every day that... We can't just mention him in the vlog. We have to set this character. Yes. I had a mini meltdown yesterday working on it because, first of all, it's one of the most personal videos I've done. We do stuff about ourselves all the time, but it wasn't quite the same as making a video about and kind of for Gaji. And also I had in my mind this great kind of a behind the music feel or 60 minutes expose. And I thought we could have a lot of fun with it. And we're interviewing the neighbors and things, but everyone is so nice. <laughs> and not that I want them to be mean, but I'm trying to, I was trying to tell them, Oh, it's a little bit of a buffa, a little bit of a scherza, a bit of a joke, something silly I'm making. And when I said, please describe Gaji in one word, I'm thinking people are going to say crazy. Uh, all of these, I don't know, opinionated, a pain in the ass, and all of this, and everyone's like, "Bravo, oh, oh, a real man," you know, all of these things, and they just are so. He's, it's that he is ornery as shit and a pain in the ass, but we he's a good him. guy. I know. And so it, the video is driving me crazy, but I am really excited about it. So that will be out tomorrow, Friday. I'm hoping so, yeah. Yeah, be look for that. Be look. Uh, look for that. Uh, Watch for that on YouTube. If you, Make sure to sign up for our YouTube channel because then if you are following us there, you'll get into your inbox each time we post a new vlog once a week. Breaking news. Breaking news. Beep, beep, beep. 
Gachi got a Facebook page. I have no idea why, if he's just trolling and following and seeing what's going on. But I would love for you all to go and ask to be his friend and let's blow up his Facebook account. I think he would get such a kick out of it. So log on to Facebook and check out Setimio Gaji, S-E-T-T-I-M-I-O. G-A-G-G-I. And you'll see that he's friends with, well, hopefully he'll accept my friend request. But um, I think there's a few friends that he's got on there, and we'll start posting and tagging him now for sure. It'll freak him out. Totally, but he'll love it. All right. So um, there was something else I wanted to mention about the vlog or the newsletter or something. Can you remember? This is good radio. Um, You guys, we're going to do an episode on the vlog at some point, answering a bunch of questions. So um, I think it would be fun to do kind of a Q&A. So if you have any, either to send to the podcast or the vlog, shoot us an email. Well, there you go. All right. Um, what is going on here right now? Oh, I do have one more thing well, for the vlog. That's Sorry. Asked. Um, if anyone has any music uh, connections. Yeah, we, made this, we made this plea last, last I, week. I think so. Music. Um, uh, to use in the in the vlogs is very difficult to get copyrights and very very expensive. If there's anyone you know who's a budding musician or someone who's into music, we would love to use that on the blog on the vlog. Free pub for them, um, and hopefully their music will work. In, yeah. Inside the vlog. So you never know. You never know. So just uh, if you hear any good music or know of anyone, shoot them my way. I'd be very appreciative. What's going on here right now on the 23rd of February? Well, we are in full clean up mode. That's why I'm singing that song every day because um, it's been the first week that, uh, well, we were uh, gone for the holidays and then we had to go back to the States for a family emergency and now we're back and it's the weather, is the sun's starting to come out. So... I love the feeling of working outside all day and, you know, falling into bed dog-tired and being a little sore and waking. It's just – it's a good feeling to get your body moving. It's getting lighter earlier, like 6.30 this morning. It was starting to get light versus, you know, after 7 yeah, or something. And um, I turned around last night. It was 6.30 at night, and it was still light outside. Yep. And Ashley's like, you got to come in and stop. So it's it's nice. I like that mm-hmm. feeling of your muscles being sore and falling into bed. And, um, I don't know. It's just a good feeling to I move know. your body. I think you also need that, uh, rejuvenation after winter and the darkness and the cold and being inside. It's like, oh yes, here it comes. The season's coming. I feel it. Yep. I feel it. Which is a perfect segue. Yesterday I had a stripped out, um, the threads on, um, something I was trying to fix, uh, for a bolt was stripped out. Now the threads are the little cuts inside of the hole of whatever that the screw or the bolt or or the nut will screw i'm sorry the the bolt or the screw will thread into now um when that um it was on the lawnmower so when that um when those threads get destroyed it's a pain in the butt and i didn't have a proper tap the tap is the little thing that will cut that those threads down so i had to make one which leads me to my, uh, which leads me to what I wanted to pub today, which is a guy on YouTube. He's Canadian. He's a machinist. Ninety percent of you will turn this out, but I know there's definitely two of you listening right now who will love this. It's the AVE channel, and it's this machinist from Canada. He's and hysterical. He's hysterical. He's got a foul mouth, oh and 
his little <laughs> sayings are are awesome. But what he is is a really good MacGyvery type of guy who can fix anything and shows you. He takes apart really expensive tools like uh and shows you the guts inside of him he comes up with great fixes and and great workarounds for problems you would have at home he'll test it um like you were saying too um expensive equipment whether it's a hair dryer or a well, he blender did the, he did the 500 dyson hair dryer he took the whole thing apart he's like my wife's gonna kill me but he's gonna he's gonna test it he to ta- its full extreme he took apart this giant you know thousand dollar hilti um uh i forget what's the name of it the drill the that the um like a sledgehammer no yeah it's the hammer drill oh like you hold it on, on they just got that yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah he took one of those apart he, well yesterday he showed me how to take an old bolt file down the tip, cut channels in it to make a tap, and then how you can tap out the that hole to put the threads back in. And then if you don't have a washer to seal, the, to seal it, how you can either take um, copper wire to wrap around the top and crush that into the – as you tighten down the bolt, that crushes under the head to seal it. Or here in Italy – I forgot about this. And mm-hmm. Renato, thank you so much. They reminded me. Here they use horse hair, mm-hmm. which you wouldn't think horse hair would make a water airtight seal, but it does. Yeah, they use the horse hair on all of like the plumbing stuff out here too. So check it out. If you're into anything mechanically inclined or you're into at-home fixes and you just want to laugh and kind of – um, and learn. And learn. Um, check him out. A-V-E, capital A, lowercase v, capital E. Just type that into YouTube, and he has hundreds of videos. It's awesome. Well, it's always good to learn something new. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so um, another problem I've run into doing little fixes around the house here is uh, the realization that I am a math dullard. What do I mean by a math dullard? Well... I needed to find an angle. I needed to find the other day the angle of a triangle when I knew a, one side of the triangle and the other side of – and one I knew the length of one side of the triangle and I knew the angle to angle – or sorry, one angle. So I had a 90-degree angle and I knew one – the hypotenuse of the triangle – so I have to find the other leg of the triangle and the third angle. Now, we all know that a right triangle has a the – three, the three angles of a right triangle add up to what, Ashley? 180. That's right. So I know if I had 90, 90. degrees on one, the other two angles had to add up to 90, 90 degrees as well. But I don't know the other two angles, which – really frustrated me that I did not know how to do this. So I go up on online, I go onto this AVE channel, and um, I come to find out that I'm a math dullard. I do not, I did not pay attention. You didn't even really take math. No. So um, it really bothered me. And um, what I really needed to remember is the trig, the trig functions. Does anyone remember Sokotoa? So katoa, that is sine equals hypo- opposite over hypotenuse, cosine adjacent over hypotenuse, tangent opposite over adjacent. Oh boy! Oh boy! That's oh what they boy. were looking for when they tune into podcast from Italy. <laughs> well, anyway, it really bothers me because the um, I'm not very educated in the sense of, like, school educated. I, no, I'm, but you have a curiosity to learn. And I think that that's what's more important. Well, 
And you I recog- hope so because I went and then sh- this is bothering me so much. I said, this is crazy. I have to learn this. But as I'm getting into the trigonometry, it's they, at the end they'll say, okay, and now just do the simple algebra to solve the problem. Well, I don't have the simple algebra. I don't know algebra. I don't remember algebra. I didn't pay attention in algebra. I didn't get very far in algebra. So I am now taking an online course in pre-algebra because my my goal now is to learn these trig functions and to learn trigonometry because I didn't realize how much triangles and angles and all these all this stuff will help me in my daily life. It's really interesting. I got my pilot's license, which is all about trigonometry. Yeah. I mean, figuring out the, um, for instance, you're coming into the airport. You're at 5,000 feet. You are 10 miles away, right? And you're traveling at 100 knots. What, and you want to end up at the runway. You want to end up at ground level at the runway. What is the top of your descent? How many, how far out should you start your descent? How many feet per minute should you descend? Etc. This is all trigonometry. Oh, this, thank God that was not a pointed question. <laughs> this is all trigonometry. So how did I get around that to get my pilot's license? Well, my instructor knew I was a math idiot, so he would give me little tricks, you know, um, to kind of get around that. But I'm done with that. I want to learn the I'm math. done with tricks? I'm done with the tricks. <laughs> I want to learn the trigonometry, and I found that I have to go all the way back to pre-algebra. Take so, it back, baby. We're starting with pre-algebra. <laughs> we are starting with... Boop, boop, yeah. Boop. He's backing it up. <laughs> What's great now is that you don't need to go to school. You can do this all... There are a thousand online yeah. courses that you can take. So I've started a pre-algebra course. We've started out with equaling... Uh, what was my lesson the other day I did? Canceling things on either side of the equals sign. Mm-hmm. In order of operations. In order of operations. So... I didn't realize the equal sign does not mean give me the answer. It means whatever's on the left has to equal whatever's on the right. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, you need to go work on that. <laughs> I'm a math idiot. So there you go. I'll be, uh, I know you all are very, very interested in trigonometry and algebra and all this stuff, but it really is. I didn't realize how important in everyday life it is. Well, why this is still per- like pertinent to our podcast is... These are parts of the things that we will also talk about at the consulting workshop, but you've got to be a problem solver out here. And it might not be anything you are familiar with. And just like that, you're working on the, the um, lawnmower and you've stripped the thing or you – I don't know. I don't know the terminology. Stripped <laughs> you stripped the nuts. And now you got to figure it out. Or are you buying a new piece or are you taking it in to get fixed or what are you doing? No, you can, you've got to look it up and figure it out for yourself. There's not enough time. And who knows how long it could sit at the um, mechanic or mach- – yeah. And so this is where – thank God we've got internet out here at times, but this is where YouTube and doing a few Google searches and having a curiosity to learn and a curiosity to problem solve, um, is definitely part of this life. My, my feeling It's not is, just cooking and cleaning rooms. No, my and, feeling in 2017 with the, with the internet and all the information available, there's no, there's no way you can say, I don't know how to do that, or there's no way to figure that out. The information is out there if you want to go find it. So to say, I don't know how, or there's no way, or no, that uh, especially out here where you time is money and you have things need to work, and anyone who works in a, on a farm or out in a, or in a machine shop or 
or whatever, you know that things need to get done. And sometimes you can't just stop the whole process because you need a part or you need to fix this. You got to figure it out how to do it. And that's what I love the problem solving. And, um, it just makes me the problem solving and the, um, the, uh, um, learning of new things. It's just frustrates me because I wasn't mature enough when I was 14 to realize, Hey, I should probably learn this because who knows, you know, you don't see the big picture no. that later in life. You're going to, you're going to need this, mm-hmm. you need this stuff. So we go back, we take two steps back. You got to do a little bit of everything out here. So I'm taking the same. I'm taking the same math that your sixth grader is probably taking, and it's giving me a little bit of trouble. <laughs> Are you looking for a tutor? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, we have Gaji's birthday Ooh. yesterday. Yep. Happy birthday, Gaji! Is exactly thirty years older to me than I am. Gaji is. 68 years old yesterday. Happy birthday Won't to Gaji. Um, he's the hardest person to shop for, to get a gift for because he has everything. And Oh, my gosh. Everything. Like, he was over the other day, and we had gotten him at Christmas time some wolf socks because he was talking about wolf socks. And then the other day, he was here, and somehow socks came up again. <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about socks so much. But then he's like... It's telling us he's got this secret obsession of buying socks and that he's got a whole, like... Um, chest full of them and then he ends up bringing over a high and full of socks and we thought what the hell why do we buy you goddamn socks for Christmas you were saying you needed socks but no you don't need socks you're freaking obsessed with socks the guy so whether it's socks and then he was even saying how when he gets bored he just goes to Brico like the hardware Home Depot and buys shit and then comes home and realizes he already had it so he is impossible to buy things for uh, and not to mention, if we ever do get him something, he always yells at us, why are you spending money on me? You shouldn't be spending <laughs> money. You I should th- be saving money. I was just going to say so that, So he's a typical parent <laughs> yes, in that sense. Yes, yes. Um, but happy birthday to the Godster. Um, we'll see him today. He was in Fano for the week, um, and he'll be back today. The man has an ego, so I'm hoping that I can give him another version of this video I'm making and that will be part of his birthday present too because I had everyone say Tantiaguri and things at the end, oh God, but you know he would love that. I know, but it just reminds me of, we, we broke out, we found a box of old home videos oh on High 8 tape from New York and when we were leaving Seattle and one of them was Ashley's gift <laughs> to her family of this horrible tour of New York City when we just moved there. And then she's coming back in the car saying, family, this is my gift to you. To show you my life. Like, it was it's so almost, bad. And I it was so bad. It was terrible. And I couldn't help but sit there thinking, well, this is a crappy gift. <laughs> Guess I can't return this one. <laughs> so hopefully um, Gaji will see that it's a uh, – this this little film is uh, – uh, with a lot of love behind it, and, yes. And, but I, th- I think he'll take it in the in the manner in which it was made. Otherwise, it's time to buy some scotch. Yeah, you can't <laughs> go wrong with a bottle of single malt scotch for the Godster. So, if you want it, if you want Gaji to love you, and you're coming to visit, bring him a bottle of single malt. He'll remember you forever. Yep. Oh yeah, oh, big yeah. time. <laughs> um, last week we had we got out of here. We got out of the, out of Piobico for a little two day jaunt up to Venice. Ashley, for my birthday, got me tickets to the opera to see La Boheme, and um, it was my second opera. Mm-hmm. Second opera. We went to the uh, what's the name of the opera? Martin Gare. Oh, oh, the, I'm sorry, the Opera House. Um, 
Oh, God. La Farniche, I think. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. We got all dressed up and wore adult clothes and nothing was ripped, no stains on it. Like It was shocking, I think, for people to see <laughs> us. We did a little Facebook Live and I don't think people knew we... we we had fancy clothes. <laughs> so let's talk. 48 hours in Venice. Okay. The drive. The drive to Venice. Yes. yes from our house. There is a, you can split it into two different ways. So if anyone is coming and arriving from Venice, there are two different ways you can get to our house. And you can either take the Superstrata or the Autostrada the entire way. So the, the so it's the main mm-hmm. expressway, and that will dump you off in Bologna. So you're going west to then get to Bologna to come back east. Now, if you've rented a sweet, fast car, this is smart because you can haul ass on the Autostrada. Autostrada speed limit's 130 kilometers an hour. So while it's more kilometers, it's probably the same time. Exactly. Or option two, which we took, is at Ravenna, you... um, no. Oh, I'm sorry. What, it's just before Ravenna, near Cesena um, and Fiorli. Sorry, Forli. So, I'm saying it all wrong. I did the drive. So you did. Say. So <laughs> you can take the road. It's the B road that hugs the coast down to Venice connecting to Ravenna. Now, the speed limit on this two-lane road is 70 kilometers an hour the whole entire way. Like to the point. 150 kilometers long at 70 kilometers an hour. It is the road that all the trucks take because it's free and it cuts out a lot of kilometers. However, if you're – there's not a ton to – I mean it's pretty – when you're coming out of Venice, it's pretty because you have the Adriatic on your left. But after that, it's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. However, it is straight. If you're not familiar with Italian roads, you can't go wrong because you only can go 70. It's a, there's no turns, straight road. You stay in behind the truck you're in front of. But it's boring. Yes, but you must go 70. There are, and this is not um, one of these, you know, normally we'd tell you, oh, yeah, just go, whatever. The speed limit is just a suggestion. This, you'll notice the trucks are going 70 for a reason. There's tons of speed traps. So set that cruise control, turn on a podcast, and... Turn Make your way music. down. Yep. yep. So two two ways coming out. The the longer, faster road or the straighter, slower road. Mm-hmm. And just in time on our way up, we stopped at a truck stop for – well, I call it a truck stop for lunch. We were just getting on the verge of getting hungry. It was just north of Ravenna. And we were just getting on this other road. And it was like, oh, my gosh, we need to eat. We're starting to crash. And I love – I grew up in Seattle and Ballard. And it was – grew up being told, eat where the fishermen um, – the longshoremen eat. You'll find something good. Well, it's the same idea with truckers. Find that good truck stop and where all the trucks are. And sure, shit, we, it was like we, we actually went past it, turned back around, and we're like, I think this is the spot. <laughs> we, we came through a little village. And then in, in between two villages, on the left-hand side was this just kind of – Nothing. Unremarkable restaurant. However, there must have been 50 cars and trucks parked in the parking lot. (laughs) And that is the obvious sign. That's where you go. Yep. Um, We walked in. Very simple lunch. Like, have you ever seen – do you remember my cousin Vinny when they sit down in the – they sit down in the diner in the south and they look at the menu and it says breakfast, lunch, (laughs) dinner? And they look at each other and go, I don't know, breakfast? Exactly. That's basically what this was. There was lunch. And for 12 euros, it was, you know, you get a beautiful lunch. I forget, I honestly forget what it was. 
Um, I, it was fried bacala. I, you had the plate o meat, and I had the yeah. It was plot- meat. Or fish. I had the- um, I had a mixed grill and a salad. I skipped the pasta because I'm trying not to eat pasta. Ashley had uh, fruit pasta with frutta di mare, and then oh my bacala. God. It was like twelve bucks. It was freaking. It came with wine, I was water, say, don't coffee. Forget, the truck stuff. Where ninety percent of the people in there are driving uh, long haul tr- big rig trucks. Lunch, of course, comes with wine. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so if you're driving through Italy in the middle of nowhere and it's lunchtime and you're like, where are we going to eat? We have no idea. Keep your eyes peeled for the parking lot filled with cars or trucks. It doesn't matter. It'll be cheap. It'll be good. And it'll be simple. And you'll be content. And the ambiance might not be, oh, this is a romantic Italian place. Oh, but you're going to get ambiance. You're going to get the Italian men being served humongous plates of pasta for lunch and just clearing everything. There's a whole different ambiance involved. It was awesome. (laughs) We were were just sitting around looking at the piles of pasta first courses coming out. And it's just great. You're, it's not Michelin starred. No. It's not good. But I'll tell you what, it won't be bad and it'll be. And, and, and you won't be hungry. Nope. So truck stops on the. I, I don't know what. They're not even truck stops. No. They're just little restaurants, little um, family run yeah. bar restaurants on the side of the road. Look between 1230 and 2 for the parking lot full of cars and trucks. You won't go wrong. Nope. So we get up to Venice and we decided to, for the very first time ever, take a water taxi to our hotel, which was really fun. To And it felt very kind of um, like Playboy or like baller. Like, oh, yes, we've gotten out and we're taking the water taxi. Except I don't think either one of us enjoyed two seconds of it because we were filming the whole time, which was kind of a bummer. My – I. It's interesting because when you film or take photos or uh, whatever, when you're when you're really doing it for to make a film or to make a project, you're thinking about it. You're not in the moment. Exactly. We. I don't. I couldn't remember. The, the only way I remember the water taxi ride is to watch the video I shot, and it's really unfortunate because you don't enjoy yourself. You're so worried about did I get this angle? How's the audio? Where's the sun coming from? Um, yeah, we is, didn't sit next. We never sat next to each other or for two seconds if looked was, at each other and said, this is awesome. If no, Ashley was, was at the back of the boat, I was at the front. If she moved up front, I moved to the back. So, And it was more, did you get that shot? Then, oh my God, are you, we're on a water taxi. Our first trip to Venice, we were t- dirt poor. I mean, we had just no paid money. for a wedding. There was no water taxi. Are you You're kidding walking. me? <laughs> <laughs> so... It was interesting because when you travel to film, it is very different than when you travel for a va- for a just kind of a getaway. And we had made the choice before we left that we were going to film it, so we knew what we were getting into. But um, it does; it takes a bit of that. Just takes you out of the moment. It does exactly. It takes you out of the moment. So we, uh, you'll be seeing that on the vlog in the next probably vlog four, four or five, four or five. Oh yeah, we got sausages. Yeah, yeah, we we shot a ton of footage, but um, so the first night in Venice, we we got into Venice around I don't know three o'clock. Once we put our stuff down at our at the hotel, um, it was really cool though because the water taxi drops you off right in front of the back door of or the front door of the hotel where they have the little dock and it's just it's just cool stepping off the yeah. boat it's totally really cool. now i would suggest over the um uh what's it called what are the famous um oh the gondola uh, over the gondola a water taxi mm-hmm. the gondolas are very expensive yeah they're to me they're cheesy and 
I don't know. It seems to me a tourist trap. The gondolas are like 150 euros. Yeah. The water taxi to take you anywhere you want from the um, San. Uh, what's the where you get let off? Is that that's not San Marco? It's um. You mean where we got where the parking is? Oh, I don't remember what that's called. Where Piazza you- di Roma. I don't remember. Anyway, where you park the car (laughs) to any hotel in Venice was 60 euros. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, we were carrying camera equipment and stuff like that. So it's actually, it's not that bad. Whereas the gondola is, uh, it can be whatever it wants to be. Well, yeah. And no one's taking the gondola when you get there. But like the Traghetto Vaporetto is like, can be, it was a bit more expensive than we remembered. Venice? So two tickets for us would have been half of the price of the water taxi anyway. So it's interesting to kind of do the math in that sense. Let's, t- let's, so let's. Yeah, do the math. Let's do the math. Uh, our first morning, we go to have coffee and two coffees, a spramuta, which is a fresh squeezed orange juice. Was 10 euros. Jason was like, holy shit. So Venice is. A- oh, and that was without sitting. Yeah. Venice <laughs> is a tourist town. It is a ripoff. Um, to me, it is very, very beautiful. You should go there once to see it. But to me, it is. Um, Manufacturers, yeah, it's manufa- It's manufactured in the sense that it's all built for tourism. No one really lives on, in Ven- in in Venice in the city center. Most of the people live in the Lido or on the main. Uh, um, in um, what's the name of the town on the mainland? I, all I can think of is the Lido right now. Me too. Anyway, t- um, so it is a tourist trap. It is very expensive. We went to the. Um, uh, the only uh, one of the uh, a, Mich- uh, a restaurant in Italy or in Italy in Venice that got a Michelin star and it was supposed to be one of the better restaurants mm-hmm. in, and it wasn't v- for a Michelin starred restaurant it was not very expensive but nor was it very remarkable should I say the name no oh it really wasn't it was kind of a bummer like I thought well this is a good like setting that Jason will like it was super you know just totally unpretentious and felt like a classic Italian place so I thought okay good this will be fun. And then it was just like, eh. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. There's nothing um, to write home about. No. I found that... That being said, wine bars were awesome. So if you're going to be in Venice, save your money for the big blowout dinner for somewhere else in Italy. Because honestly, great. the food in Venice is not great. And it's very, very, very expensive. That's a good tip. Um, so, so, you know... Go um, to the little wine bars. They love the wine bars, the little Enotecas, and um, there's tons of them everywhere. And they have great little antipasti. I forget what they call their in dialect up there, their uh, little appetizers. But um, we ate really well. The best meals we had were in these little <laughs> Enotecas. You sit down, you order three or – we ordered four small plates – um, we had um, my favorite, which is octopus, boiled octopus and potatoes. Oh we had a that was, which was a huge octopus because we said, "Oh, remember we asked well, him they why used is a it? different uh-huh. name?" And he said, "Oh no, it's a big one. It's a big <laughs> one." So it had a different name than Boipo, which it was, was so good, delicious. We had um, what was the we had the sardines that were um, in sour, like the sour sardines or in vinegar that uh, kind of a white wine vinegar or with uh, oh, no, it was a sardine. Sardines and onions and this this vinegary, almost like um, – here's how I can compare it. The best I can compare it is from from uh, herring and cream sauce, like the kosher herring. And, you know, it's it's a little creamy. It's got the onions. It's yeah. got the blue – I That's love it. blue fish. 
mackerel, sardines, anchovies. Um, bluefish have tons of oil in them. They're really good for you. They're, they don't get a lot of love in, in nicer restaurants, but bluefish are delicious. So, um, and speaking of the place that we're talking about that we loved was called Achugi. What's it called? Uh-huh. So this, <laughs> which was, means anchovy. This was sar- sour sardines in this. Cr- this it wasn't cream though. It wasn't dairy. It was just this creaminess yeah. to it. I don't know what they did. Well, kind of like when you do the pepperonata la crema that comes from the yeah. pepperonata. Um, delicious. And then the one that that I'm going to take and recreate here, which yes. blew my mind, was a mousse of b- salt cod bacala. Over in sitting inside a little um, artichoke heart that's been steamed. And it was beautiful. It was delicious. Oh my God. I loved it. I was like, Jason, before we left, he said, keep an eye out if there's things that, uh, you know, that I should try to bring back and work into La Marque, uh, into our menus and things. And when we ate that, I was like, this one's coming home. <laughs> this one. And I've been talking about it so much since we've been back going, yeah, why don't you, why don't we get some bacala? Why don't we give that one a try? Because it's artichokes are coming out right now too. Artichokes are starting and um, bacala is always around. Um, so yeah, don't go, don't spend a ton of money on um, food or going out to eat in Venice. Keep it simple. Save your time, save your money for your next stop after you leave Venice. And if you do have enough time, Take a ferry or um, a boat out to Traghetto. a traghetto out to Burano or Murano for the glass or for the lace, and it is a really nice way to escape the craziness of the city. Um, unfortunately for us, in the winter, the, tr- the schedules were just a little too sparse. They don't, yeah, they and don't run the, the boat out there. All no, the time. we really wanted to go out to Burano, but it just it was going to take three hours round trip if um, everything went well. So next so- time. A couple of things also I noticed was that the cruise ships are – you can yes. see them as you're coming into Venice. There were three giant cruise ships docked up. Now, what that means is between like 1030 and 6, Venice becomes packed even in the winter. If you wake up early and walk around while everyone's getting off to school and work, it's beautiful. It because is. The people who are on the cruise ships eat breakfast on the cruise ships and then leave for the day, and they have to be back by 6. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't have to be No, back, but, but I'm guessing dinner's included or something. Dinner's probably included, so every, all the tourists on the cruise ships return. So up until 10, the, we, the mornings were beautiful. There was yep. no one. It was just kids and business people walking to work and opening shops and then again at six it was almost like yep you heard the the uh the the, the you know the uh whistle blow that mm-hmm. you know the day of work's over and the venice cleared out the perfect example was either if you were in piazza san marco or the academia bridge because they would be so packed during the cruise ship hours of people taking photos and the freaking selfie sticks <laughs> that drove us crazy but then as soon as that whistle blew sure enough six ten, you walk across that academia and there's no one no on one it there. <laughs> Um, so get out and get out early in the morning and after six usually, and I don't know if that changes in the, in the summertime because it just stays lighter later. I don't know if that's true, but in the, right about this time you, you could just see. So, um, also get out of the, the, uh, central, central, the San Mar, like anywhere within a, you know, radius of San Mar, Piazza San Marco. And the Rialto. And the Rialto. It is just tourist central it nothing's it seemed like nothing was real it was all 
you know, um, intimacy shop, intimacy. What are the, all the shops that you yeah, see everywhere? Yeah, and the, just the big Gucci shops. The big and... box, but big, big chain, mm-hmm. like, clothing stores. And once you got out into the, into kind of away from that center district, it felt a little more like Italy and a little more calm. Mm-hmm. We stayed on the other side of the academia, and I think the neighborhood's called Dorsadoro. Um, and much more uh, laid back, a little quieter. One of our favorite things to see in the morning, well, anytime throughout the day, but we, you definitely see it in the morning, is the workers and the movement of goods and products or garbage or beverages through the canals I, is fascinating. I am fascinating with the transport of goods onto the island and the removal off because no vehicles come onto the island. So it's all done by these long, flat, narrow boats. And there's the garbage boat and there's the fruit and vegetable boat and there's the um, drinks boat with the wine and the and The, the soft dairy drinks. boat is different. The dairy boat is different. You see the plumber in his little boat with a generator in there and all his tools and they pull alongside. So the movement of stuff and how it's transported all over all over venice to me was absolutely fascinating Mm -hmm. and to watch the symphony of these guys um steer these boats down these little canals and um you know the the precision to which they can like basically parallel park it into these little spots was just to me um very very interesting and we got a lot of looks because we go around filming garbage barges. <laughs> That's and- I was just going to say. Like, they're like, what? there's a gondola to your left, but why are you filming the garbage guy? And we're like, did you get audio on that? Oh, good shot. That's good stuff. And it's, yeah, it's just like the garbage boat. <laughs> but my question is, it, the, the, it was beautiful weather, calm, calm seas and all that i want to know what it looks like when it gets a little does it get rough inside of the inside of venice like when it's stormy out does how does that affect because it's so narrow and tight and you've got these heavily really weighed down Mm -hmm. boats that what happens when this when the water gets a little rough how does that affect everything and And also i'm curious and i'm sure there is are they one-way canals? Like, you know, the direction of the flow of traffic when it starts to get busy. And and also thinking of these poor guys who are then, once you've taken it off the boat, you've got to get it to the freaking restaurant or hotel or wherever you're taking it. So we're talking about dragging, like, um, on kind of, you know, makeshift dollies, whether it's kegs of beer or whatever. Uh, and it's once you get off the boat, it's not like, oh, it's just right here. No, you got to go up and over other canals. Other and bridges. Other bridges. And the, and the it FedEx, is, we saw the FedEx oh guys. God, they I were so bad for them. They were human mules. I mean, they would literally one box at a time because you can't push a cart full of boxes through these narrow little alleys of Venice with all the tourists. So they would have staging areas. Mm-hmm. We saw this with FedEx. Yeah. FedEx would rent out like a... Um, little canteen. We could yeah, canteen. I know. For a I was gonna word. say, um, just this little space where they kind of like a first floor, like a ground floor garage. garage, where they would have staging areas for the boxes, and you would see the big FedEx barge would come, uh, unload them onto this into this uh, holding spot, and then you'd see like ants. All the guys come, grab one box, look at the ticket, throw it on their shoulder, and off they go. Oh my god! I just kept thinking, it's not even busy yet nope you want to see a guy carry a full keg up and down the rialto bridge it i felt bad for that guy that i know is heavy and i was filming it you thought what the fuck 
<laughs> like I was just like, well, get this camera out of my face. I was like, bravo. And he's like, yeah, why don't you take this? But what else about Venice? Oh, uh, the light is spectacular. Going there in winter is a great time in the sense of it's always going to be busy, but it is a little bit less. You also don't get what I can't imagine. I don't know if it gets hot and stinky and smelly in the summers. That is just a projection of an idea. No one's told me that. But um, it it's just uh, there's not a lot of air movement through there. Whoa, this is getting long. Oh, no. are we? Yeah, we're at 50 minutes. Oh, nice. we got a lot to talk about. Um the uh, opera we went to, La Boheme, was beautiful. It was. It, they, it was um, the protagonist, the, um, both the leads, they were incredible. The music was beautiful. We had our own – Ashley got a box for us. So The theater was beautiful, recently restored. And, yes, the orchestra was spectacular. The conductor was so much fun to watch, sometimes more than the actors at times of how animated he was. Um, but it was a beautiful evening. Um, a great excuse to get dressed up. Absolutely. So to sum it up, Venice, y- yes, definitely go see it. Spend 48 hours, two nights, three days at the most is really all you need. Keep in mind that it they are, uh, Venice is looking to rob you blind in the sense that everything is going to be twice as expensive as it should be. For instance, here in Venice, it was 10 euros for two coffees and a small glass of orange juice. Here, I would pay... A euro for the co- each for the coffee, two euros, and two, so it'd be four. So it's more than double. You know, mm-hmm. it's more than double there because it's Venice. Course, it's Venice. So um, that's but, my opinion of it. That being said, it's still worth a two night, three day visit. Especially, it could go away into the sea someday. That's true. So it is a beautiful spot, but I think we've had our fill. Mm-hmm. Lots of English spoken there. Um, you'll get lots of the restaurant. This is what I hate. And they do the same thing in little Italy. The guy who stands out in front Uh. of the restaurant trying to pull you into it. Oh, come here. We have pasta. We have the pasta. We have the bolognese. And you're like, it's not even from here. It's like, why do I want bolognese? Why do I want bolognese sauce in, in, in Venice? Venice. Come on now. (laughs) Um, so just, it was nice and it was a great getaway in this, uh, end of winter before the season starts kick back up and everything too i don't know i enjoyed it i did enjoy it all right i think it's time to start wrapping it up we're going to we have such a nice response from last week's uh or last podcasts uh where ashley read excerpts from her her uh unwritten unpublished book i am shocked you guys first of all thank you so much for listening through i don't know if you did listen all the way through but for the notes and the comments back, because I honestly would not be doing it again if I didn't get those. I would have thought, oh my God, that was boring. And I just had, you know, probably sounded horrible reading it. So it was really nice to get the feedback and I'm going to keep going. All right. So um, here we go. We are going to read another chapter and sit back, enjoy. um, And we will come back to you at the end to wrap it up. Welcome back to the unpublished book that I started years ago, and who knows if I'll ever finish. (laughs) Last podcast, I started reading a bit of the um, overview, and I thought I'd give a little finish up to that, uh, what would be the end of chapter two, and head straight into chapter three. All right, here we go. Since all roads lead to Rome, our final stop was the Ethereal City. We crisscrossed east to west, marveling at the marriage of old and new, as Fendi-clad cell phone-talking women passed the Roman Forum, and mopeds zip along, dodging tour buses and flocks of nuns. 
As our trip was coming to an end and we were sharing a bottle of wine outside a little enoteca in a tiny piazza in Trastevere, the Brooklyn of Rome, we quietly watched the evening shuffle bathed in a soft pink light. A group of young schoolboys reenacting the last night's AC Milan game-winning goal. Husbands hurrying home from work, gesturing grandly on the phone, not to their wives, but mothers who have dinner waiting. Oversized Ray-Ban-clad college students, lingering outside bars, chain-smoking and sipping on orange-colored bubbly spritz. And here we are, just soaking it all in, a young couple on our honeymoon. Simultaneously, we begin reminiscing about our Italian adventures. I can't believe I got the car stuck. I can't believe we were saved. I can't believe I'm still thinking about the balsamic. And I'm still burping up the bisteca. <laughs> Noticing the flecks of blonde in Jason's hair and how dark his forearm was in contrast to his metallic tag watch. His blue eyes seem brighter with his face sun-kissed and slightly bronzed. And I looked smoking hot. This honeymoon was treating us well. Never in all my life have I eaten so consistently well. My hair looks amazing. My skin glows. I think it's the heavy combination of olive oil and wine. But whatever it is, it's working. Flipping through our food-stained travel journal, which read more like a restaurant review slash menu of everything we ate, we were chatting about how incredible it was that the school children go home to have lunch as family and how little mom and pop stores close to have a coffee with friends. You'd never see that in the city that never sleeps. There's something about the simple pleasures and quality of life that resonated with me. All right. I know this is super cheesy, but since we've just started a new chapter in our lives, maybe we should write something, write down some of our life goals. I don't know. I would love to learn another language. I said, okay, I want to learn how to fly, said Jason. Work from home. Oh yeah, let's have a garden. Okay. I'm writing all this down. Make our home our castle Ah, and retire by 30. Ooh, that's good. And travel more. I looked over at my dear sweet husband, my best friend, the love of my life, and in a split second could see our lives unfolding here in this foreign land. I was overcome with this sense of being at home. I felt like this is where I belong. I savored my glass of red, a bottle from Vesuvio. I'll never forget its unique flavor imparted from the volcanic ash in the ground or the thick smell of the lilacs passing in the spring breeze. I met his gaze with steadfast eyes. We could live here. We could live in Italy. And with that, the seed was planted. Okay. Moving on to chapter three. Groundhog's Day Syndrome and the Oprah... <laughs> okay. Chapter three. Groundhog's Day Syndrome and the Oprah moment. Packed sack. Packed like sardines on a crowded, bumpy in-train. Headed into work on an ordinary midweek morning. Next stop, Decal Avenue, crackled over the loudspeaker. The comforting, faceless voice of a disgruntled MTA worker. As quick as the doors opened, they began to close again. Just enough time for dozens of commuters to push their way onto the train, bringing with them the smell of sewer and hot piss on this unseasonably humid day. Stand clear of the closing doors, the grumpy voice commanded. But the doors can't close. We are to capacity. I said stand clear. We're waiting on you on the back, sir. 
The attitude in his voice was palpable. Everyone was either plugged into iPods or reading the paper, drowning out the mundane surrounding them. No one willing to make eye contact. We're standing so close to one another, I can read parts of articles in the daily news held by the guy standing next to me. Another crooked politician, a murder in the Bronx, and the Yankees' most recent raid. Nothing of interest. A pregnant woman could give birth at any moment, yet is forced to stand while an obese 20-something UPS delivery guy takes up two seats pretending to sleep. Chivalry is dead during the morning rush hour commute. I shift my weight from one hip to the other. The train is delayed and the minutes pass as we sit on the Manhattan Bridge. Angering business, angry, business, busy businessmen with pressing meetings, they frantically text their assistants. Of course, there's no air conditioning and the humidity is settling in. Sweat begins to bead on my forehead and chin. Never before New York did I have chin sweat. How gross is this? As the train jerked back to start rolling forward again, Jason spills watered down coffee from Dunkin' Donuts on his shoe. I search for a napkin in my bag, but find nothing to offer but a half-assed sweaty smile. The crazy lady mumbles something to herself about someone stealing her apples is muffled by the too cool for school high schooler at the end of the train with his headphones turned up to 11. The entire car can hear every damn beat. It's the last thing you want to hear muffled hip hop techno club mix at 7 a.m. while you're late for work with shit on your shoes. Jason and I exchange glances. We're already exhausted and haven't even gotten to work. And he says, why do we still live here? We awkwardly fall back into our Groundhog Day routine. Train, work, train, home, TV, sleep, repeat. I had done it for years, but now felt unsettled. I had tasted the good life of la dolce vita and hungered for more. But realistically, who really just ups and moves to Italy after their honeymoon? Definitely not anyone in our income bracket. It was the height of the housing boom, and even before our honeymoon, we were considering moving to the epicenter, Southern California. We knew we didn't want to buy a home in Manhattan, read overpriced shitbox apartment. We just didn't know where we'd end up. Until one Sunday when Jason was working, like usual, I had the apartment to myself. Means lounging in sweats all day. With nothing to do but watch a dog whisper marathon, even though we don't have a dog. I found myself in front of the computer, window shopping for houses in Italy. I googled property for sale in Italy, a nice broad term with something like 280 million results. I thought, what the hell? Let's just see what we'd get in Italy for the same price range we're looking to spend on a tiny 70s rambler in California. I was shocked. We could buy damn near a villa with a vineyard for the same price as a one-bedroom fixer-upper in Westwood. Hours flew by as I got deeper into my research. Each property more incredible than the last. Oh my God, look, that's got a pool, a wood-burning oven, arches in the dining room, and that one's from the 1400s. As soon as Jason came through the door, I bombarded him with real estate facts ranging from the Alps to the Amalfi. Yeah, but what about the exchange rate? This is in euros and we get paid in dollars, he quipped. Yet it, it piqued his curiosity. Jason is practical and realistic. But even he was beginning to dream of living in Italy. Schlepping huge bags of laundry down the steps to the corner laundromat, I would randomly blurt out, I could be a barista and you could be a butcher. Picking up Chinese food at Mr. Wang's, I'd say, we could work at a hotel. Extra hot sauce, please. 
or in line at the neighborhood bagel shop. Did you know that you could get a 1,200-square-foot place with an acre for under 200,000 euro returned by a blank stare and Jason saying, first off, you have no idea how big 1,200 square feet is, really. And secondly, I asked if you wanted cream cheese on your bagel. But that is a good price. <laughs> I wasn't the only one, though. Jason, too, was bit by the Italy bug. Using more hand gestures than I'd ever seen him use in seven years, he'd wake up early to brew a proper cafe before work and happily make a simple dinner of pasta with olive oil and spices, something he was way too cool to do before. Now we call it buonissimo and a reminder of our trip with every bite, another memory of that magical place. Not to mention my hair was starting to look frizzy and dull. Where did that luster go? About three weeks after we returned home from our honeymoon, we sat down in our boring old apartment on Ovington Avenue, and I finally threw it out there, this time for reals. Oprah says live your wildest dream, and she's right. Why not? We're young. We don't have kids. We don't have a mortgage. Neither one of us wants to live in New York forever. I know we've talked about moving back to the West Coast, but it's outrageously expensive. Plus, we'd be doing the exact same thing there as we are here. Just a different address, going through the motions, and keeping up with the Joneses. We say we're ready to move and ready for a change. So what the hell? Why not live big? Let's move to Italy. The following resulted in rapid-fire succession between the two of us. Is it even possible? Why not? When? What would it cost? How long do you think it would take? Where do you even begin? What about the famous impenetrable bureaucracy? Where would we live? Where will we find the money? What would we pack? Do you think we could get a mortgage? How would we make a living? How much do we have saved? Do you think we could sell our couch on eBay? Not to mention, we don't speak a lick of Italian. Oh my God, what if the mafia wants a cut? Are we crazy? It was all spilling out so quickly. Obviously, we had both been stewing on this for a while. There was something inside me from the beginning, an unfaltering belief that we could do it. I had the feeling that as long as Jason and I did it together, we'd succeed. I knew that this was the best choice of our lives. We were choosing a life of quality over quantity, and we knew it. Even with all these questions swirling in our head, we couldn't think of a single reason not to do it. With a sheet-eating grin, (laughs) Jason said that he could only think of one. You shouldn't have opened with Oprah said. You know that makes me tune you out. But seriously, if we're going to do it, let's do it right, he said earnestly. I don't want this to be something that we look back in two years and say, oh, yeah, weren't we going to move to Italy? Whatever happened with that? No half-assing it. He was right. We have work to do. Quickly, we envisioned creating a cooking school where life revolved around the table, conjuring up scenes of free-range chickens and tabby cats roaming freely around our farmhouse, with the garden sprouting parsley, cucumbers, and strawberries. I was amazed at the possibilities that began to swirl in my head. We could open a B&B solving the work and where to live dilemma. Two birds, one stone. I first had to convince Jason that he was a good enough chef to be a teacher. But I don't even cook Italian. I went to the French Culinary Institute. You don't think that's going to be an issue? Where do you come up with these ideas? Jason would say flabbergasted that I was forging ahead on this idea of starting a cooking school with him as the sole instructor. We ate, slept, drank, read, 
watched nothing but Italiano for a year and a half, saving every penny and having lots of no money fun. We posted a map of Italy in the hallway, circling villages we were researching, highlighting UNESCO World Heritage Sites. It looked like an episode of CSI with maps, clippings, photos, and phrases hung about the apartment like some sort of crazy Italian stalker. My inner research nerd flourished. I set up spreadsheets, folders, and files for links, lists, competition, cost of living, real estate agents, places to live, books to read, how to start a business, visa documents, and the list goes on. I had my highlighters and sticky pads at reach at all times. God, I wish Pinterest was around. That would have made my life easier. (laughs) We trolled expat forums looking for any clues on how to move and the dreaded visa process. It seemed like the general consensus was that it took five years on average to move because you're waiting to sell your house or your kids to finish school. I was determined to do it in under two years. That was all about what we had left of us in New York. Jason was full force on board, but still had one major concern and rightfully so the money. True. This is a very legitimate question. Inspired by the field of dreams mentality, or if we build it, they will come. I was confident we would find the money. One thing I'm certain of is we can't wait to have a million euros to start looking. That will never happen. Let's find the house and then we'll find the money. All right. To be continued on the next podcast, chapter four will be next. Okay. Well, there you go. Not bad. Thanks. All right, Ashley, bring us home. (laughs) All right. Thank you all for listening so much and downloading our podcast from Italy. You can find our new vlog from Italy on YouTube and all of our videos on YouTube at La Tavola Marche. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at La Tavola Marche. L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. And shoot us an email for questions, comments, anything, info at latavlamarque.com. All right. Very good. Um, Don't forget, check out uh, the AVE podcast uh, on YouTube or podcast. Sorry, the AVE channel on YouTube. I am getting I just love this guy. He I he's choochin. He's choochin. And teach your kids to do something, man. I wish my parents really um, uh, show, you know, Well, we saw that stupid um little meme or whatever on facebook the other day if your kids can figure out how to use an iphone computer ipad they can figure out how to wash their clothes they can figure out how to mop a floor they can do all these other things so i don't know i just really don't like how uh, it's just really bothers me now how it seems like younger people are losing skills like um how to fix something or how just just have a general yeah you just throw it away right absolutely um so in um encourage your kids engineering kind you know those kind of things tell them this story about how i'm 38 years old and i'm a math dullard and they should study the algebra yep there you go all right from beautiful piobico italia thank you so much for downloading and listening we'll come back to you again check us out if you have any questions or comments shoot us an email info at latavolamarche.com l-a-t-a-v-o-l-a-m-a-r-c-h-e thank you so much ciao talk to you again some people say a man is made out of mud a poor man's made out of muscle and blood Muscle and blood and skin and bones A mind that's weak 
and a back that's strong. You load 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. I was born one morning when the sun didn't shine. I picked up my shovel and I walked to the mine. I loaded 16 tons, a number nine coal, and a straw boss said, Well, to bless my soul, you load 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. I was born one morning, it was drizzling rain. Fighting and trouble are my middle name. I was raised in the cane break by an old mama lion. Can't know a high tone woman make me walk the line. You load 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You see me coming, better step aside. A lot of men didn't, a lot of men died. One fist of iron, the other of steel. If the right one don't get you, then the left one will. You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me, cause I can't go. I owe my. To the company store. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.